we have a terrific church family across Kelowna, uh, diverse and amazing, and it's been an amazing honor to, um, to lead the network and for us to see all that God has been at work. And I was really asking the Lord humbly about what, what verse does he want us to lean into in uh, 2013 and 2014. Because it's important in our lives and our walk with Christ that we lean into him in everything that we do. And our devotion, our commitment as, as an eldership, as, as leaders, as right the way through our communities is to, is to push in deeper that we would all become disciples of Christ. And that would grow in that way and our discipleship would grow and develop. That we would, we would look for cohesion in the body of Christ when the enemy wants to so blatantly and completely fragment the church at the, this part of the 21st century. As, as, as we see the evil and we see the, the, the pressures that are facing the world at this moment, the world needs a church that is strong and devoted and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to realize also that as a, as a congregation that, that we are called to transform society. To not just bring a bit of flavor into society. We preserve society by the presence of the church in this world. Somehow God has entrusted you and I as the church globally, to engage in mission and to be that. And I say to the Lord as a disciple of him, Lord, then, then what, what, what do we have to do? How should we live our lives? John 5 and verse 19 and 20 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Verily, truly, I tell you. When Jesus says something like, verily, truly, I tell you, or verily, verily, he's saying, listen up, I want you to listen to me now. He's about to say something that is supersized. He's about to say something that is important. He says, Verily, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. We can do nothing in our Christian walk besides following the voice of the Father in our lives. It's about that commitment. It's about that, that coming alongside to his purposes, to what he's calling us. Because what is it really all about? It's about relationship, isn't it? It's about our relationship. The son can do nothing by himself. Willow Park Church can do nothing by himself. In your marriage, do not try and do it by yourself. In your relationships, in your business, do not try and do it by yourself. We can't do it by ourselves. We have to follow the instructions of the Lord in our lives. It's about saying, who is Lord? We arrived... Uh, three years ago to Kelowna on June the 13th. And um, if you look on the Facebook, there's a picture of us arriving on an aeroplane, Air Canada, you know, one with the two engines. Always good when they work. And 
and we landed in and we came off three years ago and we were greeted by a lovely group of people who were there with Canadian flags and different things and, and, and we got off the plane which had been a bit of a turbulent flight, I have to be honest. I know the English got a little bit excited when they saw the plane pictures. They thought that the plane belonged to Willow Park Church. And, and that I'd gone to Pastor Willow Creek in Chicago. Uh, no. Uh, but it was turbulent. And, and we came in and we landed and we had a lovely welcome. I've got a friend who's a pilot. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, I'm, I'm, play, I'm flying all over the world and I, I kind of like to fly, but I don't like turbulence. I mean, turbulence is, is there, but I don't like it. But I, I, I've been through lots of it. I won't tell you my stories. And at the end of a little conversation with a friend of mine who's a pilot, I said, so tell me a bit about turbulence. And he goes, I'll tell you. He said, you know, it's a funny thing. You can be flying there in the jet and you can be bouncing around. I said, that's the bit I don't like. And I asked control because I saw just a number of miles away another jet flying. And I asked control what the conditions were just over there. And control spoke to that jet and they said, the conditions are good, it's smooth. So I asked for permission to move next to that jet over there to follow that in the smooth way. I said, what happened? He said, I moved. And I thought, you know what? We are so foolish. Because here Jesus teaches us that what we should really listen to is the voice of control and work out where he's moving us. And when we follow God's voice in our lives, life becomes a lot more easier. Now, I'm not saying it's not without turbulence. But I know that when I'm walking in the will of God and Jesus Christ is Lord over my life and I am walking in relationship with him, I know that I've heard the voice of the controller and he guides me in the right paths. He guides me in the right ways and he will not fail me. He will not fail you. He will not fail your family. Put Jesus at the center of your life. And he says here, I can't do anything. It's about relationship. The son can do nothing by himself. The central motive in the discourse is that the relationship of the father and the son would be viewed in a very interesting way, which leads me to a second point. It's about apprenticeship. It's about discipleship. He can only do what he sees his father doing. And we celebrate at the end of this fiscal year and we gather together and we worship, but we must enter the following season with a profound sense that we are all learning, we are all growing, we are all disciples. And if Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing, then we have to set our hearts in our lives, in our businesses, in our families, in our church life and try and discern and see what the Father is doing. It uses the language here of, a, of an apprentice, of a young Jesus. Maybe even as he spoke these words, he remembered his relationship with Joseph and working as a carpenter in the family business as was the process. And he uses this same language that a young man would always take on his father's trade and move from one 
generation to another, a carpenter from one generation to another. And Jesus uses this language and says, I am taking on my father's trade and that is to follow every step that the father explains to me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? We understand trades in Canada, don't we? We understand apprenticeships. They're still part of our, our, our business, our, our culture. When young men work alongside older men and they train to be apprentices, to get their tickets, to be able to work and to go north and to earn millions of dollars. At least that's what they tell us. In places mysterious and wonderful like Grand Prairie. And, and they go north. But they've got, they're always saying to me, Pastor, I'm going to get my ticket. I've got to get it right. I've got to become an apprentice. I've got to learn. And Jesus is saying, I want to get my ticket. And the way to really work at this is to follow what the Father does, to watch him, to listen to him, to follow, to be a guidance. We never stop being an apprenticeship of Christ. We never stop being disciples of him. We have to listen. I had a little apprenticeship myself. My, I started, my father was a carpet fitter, fitted rugs in hotels and, and I used to go along with him and I had this idea that I would train as a carpet fitter. <laughs> no. But you really don't want me to come to your home and to fit. And he really didn't want me to come to some of those hotels he was fitting out with those carpets worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he used to say, watch what I'm doing. Watch how it moves. Watch how it does. Lay the carpet. My brother was fantastic at it. And I was great at making the tea for them. And, and I'd get down and I'd lay the carpet and I'd pick up the, the sharp knife to cut this, this beautiful Axminster carpet. And the moment I picked up that sharp knife, my brother would go, no, Phil. <laughs> Don't do that. The worst kind of apprenticeship, the worst kind of young man is one that doesn't listen, that doesn't follow, that doesn't take the time to learn. And Jesus says, I'm listening and I'm following to my Father and I am doing what he tells me to do. How are you doing like that? How is Willow Park Church doing? We have to become this people in our vision as we reach to youth, as we impact society, as we disciple people, that we would be a people that would watch, that would follow, that we would know his voice, his lordship in our lives. If Christ says this about himself, how much more should we? We must avoid independence. We must avoid being driven by self-initiating projects. We must... Lean in to being utterly dependent upon God, to fulfilling God's purposes and always thinking, is this the Father's will? You've got to model it in our homes. We've got to do it in our lives because it comes down to my final little thought. It's about obedience. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. 
In this relationship, the Father initiates, He sends, the Father commands, He commissions, He grants, and the Son responds, obeys, performs His Father's will, and in doing that, receives authority. I really want to live in that place as we lead Willow Park Church. I want us all to live in that place that we would listen to the Father's initiation. We'd listen to the Father's commands. We'd listen to His commissioning. That He tells us to do something and when we listen to His voice and we respond as children and we obey, He gives us the authority to go with that. As many of you know, I'm the chaplain for the Kelowna Fire Department. And I went to Kamloops recently on a fire training chaplaincy training course to the fire training center. And I was there with a bunch of another 25 BC and Albertan fire chaplains. Now that's fun. And we were... Um, we were there, and the, and the best bit, we sat in lectures, and we learned how to be fire chaplains, and we did all of this. And the best bit, though, was when they got to set alight a building. That was great. They had this big concrete building where they train all the firefighters. They set it alight, and we all stood there as, as fire chaplains watching the burning building and praying. And... And the, the burning building was blazing. And, and then they put the call out and the fire engines arrived from all around. And it was all simulation. And they'd put some bodies inside. And they all arrived. And, and the first thing they did, in the middle of this, was get a great big fan. And they switched this fan on the door. And I watched and I thought, why, why are they putting a fan on? Because when I've got a fire in my hearth at home, and when I blow on something, it gets going. And then they went in one by one, always going in at each time, checking and following the, the command system and going in, coming back, going in, bringing out the bodies, which were kind of, they were fake. And we, we thought of throwing a few chaplains, but no. And how good their faith really was. And we were bringing, we were watching them bring them and work on them and do all this and they go in and out. And at their end, we had questions, answers. And I kind of sheepily at the back put my hand up. I said, I don't understand one thing. That great big fan. Why? So it's really simple. When we blow air into a building, yes, it may seem counterintuitive, but we create an air bubble and it clears the air. And the firefighters walk in and through and they follow this air bubble and they can grab people and they can rescue them. They can see what they're doing. So today's society, houses have become so more toxic so more dangerous with plasma screens, with, with new materials that, that, you know, 
It's become so dangerous, but to blow air into it clears the way, creates a bubble, and you can rescue people. But you have to follow the command system. Friends, the only way we're going to rescue people in this toxic world and society is the Spirit of God blowing into burning buildings of society. And we are full of God's Spirit. We are following the command structure. We're declaring that Jesus is Lord. And as we move in this bubble of air, we rescue people and bring them back to life because that is the calling of the church. So follow the commands of the Lord. Look for the breath of God. And the bubble of his spirit. And let's rescue people. Let's bring hope. Let's make a difference of the next 12 months. Let's not be complacent. Let's put Christ as Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you for the wonder of all of our communities, of all of our volunteers, but of the wonder that you've entrusted us with a mission. And I pray myself that I want to be the humblest, the very best, most devoted disciple of you, Lord Jesus. I only want to do what you call us to do. And I pray that we will build our church into a house of prayer, into a place where you are present and where we see the breath of God into our community as we rescue people from burning buildings of society. May we know that at work in our lives, Lord Jesus. Amen.